0: Here's another inspiring message from Northside Community Church, Sydney. We stop to say that we love you and we sense you and we feel you are amongst us. A sense of reunion in which um, there is something distinctly different. I wish every person in this place could feel the difference. The way that Kristen came and said to me during that worship set, there is something different in this place when your people are gathered together. And you are amongst us. And we declare that to be, Father God, this morning, a declaration that your church is alive and well that many churches across New South Wales are celebrating this morning as they gather and regather like we are this morning and as they too come into this space and recognise that you are moving amongst us. Lord, we pray what we sung this morning, that you would bring a fresh wind, a new life by the power of your Holy Spirit into our lives and into our church, Heavenly Father, as we step forward into this new season of life and church that we have with you after all that we have been through. So, Father, wherever North Siders and those watching in are with us this morning, whether they are in pain, whether they are reeling from loss, whether they're excited and chomping at the bit just to be back, Father, our heart is that you would minister to each of us by your Spirit. Meet us wherever we are this morning, Father, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, we're getting back to church, which means we're getting back to the things that Sands loves. Please take a seat. Check out this clip. Are you married? I'm divorced. Would you like to talk about that? There are two types of people in this world. Those who like Neil Diamond and those who don't. My ex-wife loves him. I see. So what you're saying is that even though you are an almost paralyzed, multiphobic personality and is in a constant state of panic, your wife did not leave you. You left her because she liked Neil Diamond. Now, you're saying that maybe... Maybe I didn't leave her because she likes Neil Diamond, but maybe. Maybe she left me. Yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, what about Bob? What about Bob? <laughs> what about Bob? What a movie! If you didn't see Mil- Bill Murray there, I-, I must confess to you, it's it's a comedy. If you were wondering, we hadn't just moved into the very depths of someone's uh, psych session that they were having. (laughs) Uh, But right after hearing those words, Bob uh, launches into a mode where he says, ow, ow, ow. And he says, Doc, finally, finally, you might be able to help me. (laughs) Uh, That's my aim for you this morning. My aim for you this morning is that you would have a what about Bob moment. Uh, may not be by the end of the message, or maybe by the end of the week, by God's grace. But you would have a Bob. What about Bob moment? Where you go, ow, where you come to realise uh, maybe it's not them, maybe maybe it's me, maybe I lack wisdom in this situation. Uh, one of the ways that you might know that that has happened, and I don't know if you guys have ever found this coming out of your mouth, but uh, every now and then uh, I have this phrase. This phrase comes out of my mouth. I, I wish I knew then what I. No, now, okay, you've heard it then. <laughs> uh, my my example was honeymoon. Our honeymoon, uh, our honeymoon uh, we went to Hawaii, wonderfully romantic in Hawaii. Uh, we went to my mate was wonderfully generous, and so he gifted us his timeshare. And so we stayed uh, on our honeymoon in Hawaii uh, at my best mate's timeshare on the island of Maui uh, with my best mate on the lounge room floor of his timeshare <laughs> with his mother-in-law. right hun? I wish I knew then (laughs) what I know now. I think she wished she knew then what she knows now after seeing my antics. (laughs) And for us, often it's not as humorous as those sorts of moments. We've all got regrets in life. We've all got moments where we've got regrets or we've had a loss and we realise we wish we knew then what we knew now. And when we say that, what has happened is what we've realised that in spite of the loss or the silly mistake that you've made or the lack of wisdom, uh, when you mature and when you gain wisdom, you're better for it, right? You're better for it. What if you could be better for it? What if after what we've been through, we can be better for it? What I knew, wish I knew then, what I knew now. I think many of you have been growing that way this year in lockdown version 2.0. I can say, helicopter view as a pastor, that there's been a lot less... Cray-cray, if I can put it that way. A lot less crazy, a lot more stability, a lot more patience, a lot more resilience just within our church family alone than what we had first time around, myself included. Why? Because we're wiser, we're, we're better for it, we learnt. And, and I think the reason is this, that I think it's because what makes trouble trouble is not just the pain of trouble itself, but actually the fact that we lack the wisdom to deal with the trouble, right? What makes trouble trouble is not just the pain, but we lack the wisdom. And Case in point, like have you ever been in those situations in life where you've just been through something, the sort of hardship and difficulty that you've been through, and you think to yourself, you know what, if I had have experienced that 10 years ago, that would have been the end of me. Never had those moments? Why? Why, why do you get through it like a hot knife through butter? It's because you've got wisdom this time around. You know how to deal with it. The, mid, the midwives in the middle of my third child's birth understood that I was a wise dad. Because when they handed me the baby, I just went in there, all funny stuff and slime and all, and just grabbed the thing. The first time I held Uzak was with a whole bunch of rubber gloves. And, <laughs> and it was sterile and it was clinical. They just shook their head. Ah, oh, this, this guy's got it. Because I was better for it. I, I grew. I was, I was in wisdom. Now, you can be better for it, but here's the problem. Better doesn't come automatically. Right, Better doesn't come automatically. In fact, you know that because you know that there can be a lot of unwise older people. There can be a lot of older people that you know in your life who are frankly just foolish. So, better doesn't come automatically and, in fact, many of you are still paying the price for things in your life where you haven't learnt the lesson that we get from the Scriptures this morning. And the lesson is this, in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 1, it says, Listen, my sons and daughters, to a father's instruction. Pay attention and gain understanding. I give you sound learning, so I do not, so do not forsake my teaching. And here's the lesson this morning. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. Though it costs you everything, get understanding. That's all you've got to do, get wisdom. And now we laugh at that because we go, well, that's the problem. We don't know what to do with it. Should I stay? Should I go? Should I stay single? Should I marry? Should I hold out? Should I resign? Should I advance? Should I retreat? Should I speak up? Should I shut up? We need wisdom. We feel the tension of all of that. And it's not just about the facts, right? But it's what you do with those facts that make wisdom, wisdom. In fact, that's what wisdom is. Wisdom is being able to apply the right thing, the right insight into the right context. Some of you are going to roll your eyes because you've heard me say this time and time again. It's the easiest way to understand what wisdom is. Wisdom is right insight in the right context, the right insight that... Tomato is a fruit, but we also know it's wise not to put it in a fruit salad. Let's <laughs> uh, th- th- give it another way. Fire, for example, is fire good or bad? Well, it depends what sort of context. Fire, when I was a kid, there was a fire behind an oil heater that we had in the lounge room, and uh, fire was a good thing to me because I used to melt my sister's Barbie doll heads into the face of the oil heater, <laughs> and I used to press them in, and they would just melt, melt their heads down. It was great fun. Ah, fire, good thing, bad thing, depends on the context. Uh, I learnt the hard way when I decided one day in the warm glow of this oil heater that I would get warm amongst the fire, and I lifted up my little singlet and I decided to stick my stomach directly onto the face of the oil heater the way that I did the Barbie doll heads. Is fire a good thing or a bad thing? <laughs> I had insight fire is hot. Wise? No. Wise, we know wisdom with fire is just keep it at least one meter's distance from human skin. <laughs> Still learnt that lesson now. Hey, have you ever had a stomach on the oil heater moment? <laughs> Thank you for that vulnerability. <laughs> yeah, we're not talking about walking up to home heating devices. You've 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 been in a relationship and you've said or you've done something ridiculously stupid. You've had a CLM in the professional world, a career-limiting move. <laughs> Said or done something to your boss that hasn't helped your career progression. Financially, you might have friddled away something or put your money in a place that didn't end up really being the wisest investment at all. We've we've all been there, and that's our tension, right? Because on one hand, we know, we know about wisdom, we want to get wisdom. The Bible says just get wisdom. There's the end of the message. Let me pray for you. <laughs> but, you know, I'm sure some of you, particularly if you're a guest with us this morning, you've clicked on this theme, how do I gain wisdom? You're going to want to know, how do I get wisdom? How do I get wisdom? Tell me, Sam, how do I get wisdom? How do I do it? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? And most of us would walk into a Dimmick's bookstore and we would go and look uh, for the self-help section. In fact, I went to the clerk the other day at Dimmick's and I said, can, I, can you show me to the self-help section? And they said, well, if I told you that, it would defeat the purpose. That's why I love having a live, live church is back. <laughs> yeah, it's like half the room going, that's just not funny. And yes, okay, he hasn't changed in 16 weeks. But most of us will go to the self-help section and we will go and look for wisdom from the world's point of view as a technique, how to be wise in 10 straight weeks, the five key steps to finding wisdom. The Bible's title, and I looked it up the other day, the Bible really is the best book of wisdom that you can find in that self-help section. But the Bible's version of wisdom is titled like this. It says, How to Get Wisdom, subtitle, Transforming 80 Years of Hardship, Heartache and Stupid Mistakes into Something Good. Now, would you buy a book like that? Of course you wouldn't. But you have to recognise, you know, when Proverbs says, you know, I instruct you in the ways of wisdom and lead you along straight paths. Wisdom is a pathway, not a door. It's a series of millions and millions of little micro steps. Because God, God's design for you is he wants to turn you into the sort of person who is naturally wise, who knows what's to do. It's my dream for my little guy here that one day he would grow up to be wise, that I wouldn't have to tell him to brush his teeth and that ultimately that saves you a few thousand dollars at the dentist. God wants to grow you into the sort of person who knows that it's a good thing just to brush your teeth at night. God wants you to become a person of wisdom, and the way you do that is painstakingly slowly. There you go. That's how you gain wisdom. All right, I'll give you something. That's what you pay me for, right, in that respect. (laughs) Um, How do you gain wisdom? And as I've been reading through the book of Proverbs, and as I've even gone back on this sort of message, by the way, if you, you want this in more detail, you can go back to our podcast. And I preached on wisdom for four weeks. It didn't make me any wiser. Life made me wiser, but there's some content there that you can have a look at. And I know that because I went back and read my messages and I went, I can't believe I said that back then. And so I've changed this and I thought there are a couple of key themes that come through. And notice that I say themes because really they're not techniques. They're themes that come through that you can apply to your life. It's slow but it's thematic. The first theme is this. how do you get wisdom? You get wisdom humbly by recognising that your way is not the way in life. It says, listen, my sons and daughters, to a father's instructions. Pay attention and gain their understanding. There is a way to wisdom that is not yours. I think the first step, you can't gain wisdom unless you're first open enough to go, it's not my way or the highway, that there is a way to gain wisdom here. When the Bible's talking about paths and instruction and stay away from the wicked and stay with the good, it's not trying to be fuddy-duddy about stuff. What it's saying is that, That before the world was created, God has so ordained certain rules, certain principles into the creation that's just good to live by. For example, you know, I could choose to go and step off a roof in the United States or Australia or China, and I'm probably going to get the same result. It's going to hurt, and it's not going to be good for me. (laughs) Now, if these laws are true physically, the whole message of the Bible is, would that not be true of your life also spiritually and morally? Because here's the thing, I think people think with the Bible, oh, it's just trying to ruin my fun. The Bible's just, tr- is just trying to ruin my fun. No, the Bible's trying to say to you this morning, you can do life the hard way or the easy way. Would you like to do it the easy way? Then just listen to my instruction. In fact, what makes a child a child? Children do things the hard way because they don't listen. <laughs> you say, I'm not trying to spoil your fun. No, you just do you want to do life the hard way or the easy way. And that's what the Bible is saying when it says listen to its instruction. And look, this, by the way, particularly if you're listening in, this is not me giving you a message where it says, oh, well, the Bible says so. No, the Bible doesn't say so. The Bible shows so. In other words, did you know that the Bible is full of stories of faith-filled, God-loving, church-attending, God-of-law-abiding fools. And why is that in there? So you and I don't have to be one. Let them make the mistakes, Solomon and David, and the list goes on, the disciples. The Bible is full of law-abiding God-loving fools, so you and I don't have to be. The question for you this morning is simply this. Are you open to it? Is it your way or the highway? You need to receive wisdom humbly. Henry Cloud, a wonderful message, part of the GLS a couple of years back, in his message, the wise, the fools, and the evil said, the wise try to bend themselves to reality. Fools try and bend reality to themselves. Hear the difference? Are you wise or foolish? You've got to be open to realise that your way is not the only way. Here's the second thing that comes up this morning. How do you get wisdom? You've got to do it sceptically. In other words, don't trust yourself to get wisdom by yourself. Verse five of Proverbs three says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. That's old language. What it really says there is, Don't trust yourself to get wisdom. Don't trust yourself to be wise. The the wise the fool according to the Bible is an individualist. They just do life themselves. Uh, the wise, on the other hand, do life with people. Proverbs 26, do you see people who are wise in their own eyes? There is more hope for fools for them. Proverbs 15, plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisers they succeed. Proverbs 13, verse 20, walk with the wise and become wise. The biblical principle is this, is that you get wisdom sceptically, don't trust yourself, and you get it corporately. That you become wise by inviting people into your life that help you ask this life-changing but totally scary question. And it's this. Wise people ask, hey, what is it like to be on the other side of me? Hear that? What's it like to be on the other side of me? That's what a wise person looks like. Because Have you ever noticed that the most foolish traits of your close friends are the traits that they are totally oblivious to? but everyone else totally understands. Have you ever noticed how that happens? And we know it because we gossip about them behind their backs whenever they're not with us. Oh, Jenny, I can't believe that. You know, she's hopeless with men. You know, I can't believe she's gone on a date with him. Like, it's crazy. Oh, John, he's just, he's ridiculous. The way that he treats his family and his wife, it's just, it's it's, ridiculous. Something's going to happen, right? (laughs) We gossip about him. Stop laughing. (laughs) Because if... If we know that it's true of everyone else's life when we're gossiping about it, then wouldn't that stand a reason that it means that it's true for you and I? It means that the most foolish aspects of life are the things that we can't see. It's hidden, as I've always said, between the shoulder blades of our soul. That part of our soul and character that we can never see. And the only way that you'll see it is by, by being wise and inviting people into your life not trusting yourself and allowing them to show you in ways that some of my friends do. One of my mates has a wonderful phrase that I give him permission with where he says, Sam, I know that you would want to know this. In other words, you've got something stuck between the shoulder blades of your soul and if I don't tell you now as a friend in love, you're going to be a fool. You're going to be a fool. <laughs> you've got to do it sceptically and corporately and ask that question, what is it like to be on the other side of me? Here's the last one, the last theme. Well, there's lots of things but the three that I picked for you this morning... <laughs> Uh, not, not only do you do this sceptically, but you've got to do it deliberately. Not only humbly, sceptically, but deliberately. Though it cost you everything you have, get wisdom. You want to know how wisdom, people get wise? Wisdom is experience reflected upon. Better is not automatic. Wisdom doesn't come with age. Not only do you need to be open to another way that's not yours, not only do you need to be sceptical and not trust yourself, but you need to constantly and deliberately reflect on your experiences. (laughs) You know, you say, oh, I wish I knew then what I know now. No, reflect and think. And you can know now, you can know now what you were going to say then... (laughs) That you wish you knew because all of it is right in front of you this morning. Don't neglect my words or a father's instruction, says the scriptures. Don't wish about it. Think and reflect. It means to look back on all that you have been through this year, all that you've been through in lockdown. Look back at those moments and say, you know, was there a blindness to my soul? Was there a blindness to my thinking that now is obvious to me? I've got to stop that. You look back and go, what was my true motivation here? Was I really about the Lord or was I about something else? You look back and go, why did I lose my patience? What is it underneath me that has to drive me to have to have that thing? This is not about just getting patience here. If you're constantly blowing up, what is it that's underneath me that I need to get in the right place? Is my soul in the right place? What is it that I need to look back upon and reflect? And when you do that, suddenly you'll be better for it. And so I guess this morning, I I want you to think back on you know, is there someone in your life that represents this? Who's the wisest person that you know? <laughs> don't say me. <laughs> it's certainly not me. Um, don't they look like this? Mind you, I know, I know there's, there's, there's many a beautiful older person in this church. That's why I love being part of a multi-generational church. Um, The chairman of our board have a running joke, Tommy and I, you know, we're both in our early 40s now, we're so wise. Have a running joke, one of the elders, we're just fanboy at the moment, I won't say who it is so I don't embarrass him. But when I look at this, this is a guy that I see is humble and is open and sceptical with his own growth and is constantly deliberately reflecting on who he is right well into those later stages of life. It's a beautiful thing a beautiful thing but if you want that type of wisdom what i've come to realize from these people is it's going to cost you it's going to cost first of all your pride to recognize that maybe you haven't got it all together it's going to cost you time and investment into people's lives it's why we say that we do community groups here it's why we say that we're going to regather it's why that we do life together it's why that it's insufficient just to watch about wisdom on a youtube channel midweek on the train if this is when you're watching it This is why we do community together because we can't see ourselves clearly unless we're around each other but it's also why we do this deliberately. And so I'll have some questions for you but at home and in the room in a a second when we get to that but I want to speak to a few of the bobs out there this morning if it's the last chance or if you've stayed with me this long. It's the bobs out there. You know, as a pastor I get a lot of people that come to me and I say, are you a Christian? They say, no, no. They're checking out things and I said, oh, how come you don't believe in God? And and they say to me, well, Sam, there are two types of people in life. Those that believe in God and those that don't. And what I want to say to you this morning is this God, this God that you've decided doesn't exist, this God who has created a universe that is just full of trillions and trillions and trillions of stars, What you mean to tell me, Bob, that you're a human being, which is a bunch of little fleshly carbon atoms that have come together for an absolute instant in time on this planet and that your brain and your knowledge power is a 9-volt battery compared to the nuclear power station that is God, but you've decided that he doesn't exist? Hey, can I push you this morning not to be so foolish? This God who even sends his son into the world, changes calendars, sends his people out into the world. Two-thirds of the world's religious population believe in the guy. But you've decided he doesn't exist. (laughs) The wise, the wise, they try to bend themselves to reality. The fools try and bend reality to themselves. Dallas Willard said, reality is what you run into when you're wrong. And I wonder what I'm going to run into when I get to the end of my life just saying the point is <laughs> you want to be wise you can be better for it if you're willing to pray, pay the price of your pride of your investment of your time and to sit down and think about these things and when you do as it says blessed you will be for finding wisdom and for those who gain understanding for she is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold let's pray father We open ourselves to you now in this moment as we prepare to commune with you. We would ask that you would be beginning to prepare our hearts at home and in the room here for these things that we want to ask you, the things that we are about to reflect upon, because I believe in this moment that there can be revelation for each of us. I believe that in this moment, because of this time that we spend now in communion with you and in reflection with you, we can be better for it. And so we invite you into this space now to speak to us and to shape us and to change us, Father, I would pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus never asked us to do anything that he didn't first do himself. There's a wonderful passage in Luke. Remember, he gets lost. Folks go all the way back up to Nazareth and realise three days later they've left him in. Jerusalem and then when they go back find him find him with the rabbis and the teachers learning we often think Jesus was wise because he had it downloaded from God before he came here on earth no he had to grow it says Jesus grew Luke chapter 2 in wisdom and in stature and in favor with men because he spent that time to sit in his father's house and to learn about him and to commune with him. And we're going to do that now as we take the bread and the cup and as we take communion. As we do so, some questions are going to come up on the screen for you. And at home, this is the opportunity to go grab a pen and paper, grab your iPhone, particularly if you're on Facebook right now and you're just skimming through or you're on Instagram or whatever it might be. If you're there at home, you've got the notes, we're going to have some time to reflect here. But here are the questions. Where might you need to grow in wisdom this morning? Is it in humility? I want you to ask yourself, have I closed myself off to any spiritual, relational or physical realities of life? Maybe you need to grow skeptically. Do you trust yourself too much? And so I perhaps want you to ask yourself, do I have people in my life I could ask, what is it like to be on the other side of me? Or the other thing to reflect upon, because wisdom is experience reflected upon. Are you going to do this deliberately? In what ways can I reflect upon the experiences of this past year in partnership with God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit? This is what I love about this moment as Christians. The great promise for us now is that if we move into this moment and ask God these questions, He's given us a counsellor, one who is wise, to come and guide us in this process, to help us see between the shoulder blades of the soul. So we invite the Holy Spirit now to come and to minister to us in the quietness of those